Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Cedar Valley Church. This morning, my name is Grant. I'm Amanda. And we're here to get the service started for you. Yeah. If this is your first time here, a very special welcome. Uh, we'd love to get to know you better. So if you want to drop us a line at hello at cedarvalley.ca, or you can even put a message here below. Yeah, and for everybody joining in today, one of the best ways to stay informed about d different events coming up, there's not as many these days, but we're still doing stuff. We have a save the date for Camp Squia at the end of May. We're hoping that stuff allows us to do a bit of an outdoor camp or church service there. Uh, things like that, but follow us on Instagram, Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can see devotional posts when they come out, or head over to our website, cedarvalley.ca, and sign up for our weekly email newsletter where we just kind of compile all that good stuff that's happening, keep you informed, keep you in touch with us as a church and as a community. Yeah, it really does help. I, I really love being part of that, just seeing mm -hmm. what's going on, seeing what other people are doing, and it's a way to feel connected even though we're not actually meeting every week. Yeah, exactly, yeah. right? So, and, and fill your feed with that good stuff too. So, exactly, yeah. and so if you've been impacted by what you've seen online, share it. That really, really helps, and it just helps all your friends know what's going on and just keeps that information flowing. Absolutely. and. I want to, we want to thank all of you for your continued ongoing support and encouragement through your words and acts of service here and time that you've spent in and uh, honestly too just your financial generosity that's really kept Cedar Valley going strong that's let us continue doing teaching and ministry and reaching out keeping our community moving during this time and it's different it's weird but your faithful giving and worship through finances through your time and acts has been really a blessing to us and uh, yeah, we're just excited to keep spreading the good news. Yeah, so if you do want to give, uh, you can do that online uh, through our website, cedarvalley.ca slash give, or you can stop in here at the church throughout the week, and we'd really love to see you. It's just kind of an excuse to see your face, and you can do uh, a donation then if you stop by. Absolutely. And I want to make one plug too for you. We're doing this studio recording here every week and we've been uh, given some funding for two summer internship positions this year for Cedar Valley Church. We're really excited. So we're looking to hire two people. Uh, it's a youth internship. So between the ages of 15 to 30 for audio video production, graphic design, communication, stuff like that. So if you or someone you know has just some interest in that, being a little bit musical or artsy or techie, you want to get behind a camera, uh, check it out. It's on our website, cedarvalley.ca slash jobs, or get in touch with me. That's grant at cedarvalley.ca. I would love to bring you onto our team, get you involved. And it's, it's a great job. You get to work with me. You get to do this kind of stuff all summer. So <laughs> That's the selling feature yeah. right there. You get to work with Grant. That's really cool. Um, we are going to get this service started here really soon. Um, we're going to have a time of worship. Uh, the lyrics will be on the screen, which is really great. Um, we just invite you to join us in however way you feel comfortable. And after that, Pastor Doug is bringing us a special lesson, uh, awesome little visual activity for all the kids. And uh, we send out every week some materials, interactive lessons for parents for you to just engage with faith and lessons at home with your kids. And if you want to get on that email list, just let uh, Pastor Doug know. That's douglas at cedarvalley.ca. Okay. And this morning, Pastor Rob will be taking us through um, John chapter 16. As you know, we're doing a chapter of John each week. So this week it will be chapter 16. So in preparation for next week, it's really helpful actually if you allow the Holy Spirit to like work in your heart, you can get so much more out of the message if you read ahead and kind of have time to ponder on those scriptures. So if you want to read ahead for next week, chapter 17 would be where you would go. But for this week, it's chapter 16 with Pastor Rob. Nice, it sounds like you've been making that a discipline uh regular activity for your week, eh? You know what I actually do? I, uh, when I'm getting ready or whatever, 
like in my bathroom, I'll just put it on play on oh, my Bible app. Bible yeah, app. so it, it's just easy. Like it doesn't take long and then you just hear it. And that's yeah. how I do things. That's how I read books. I don't really have time to like sit down and read stuff all the time, but that's I can fair. listen while I'm doing stuff, multitask. I'm a big audiobook fan too, yeah. or audio reading. So that's awesome. It's going to be a great service this morning. Before we get into all of that, uh, this week has been a Canadian National Nurses Appreciation Week. Did you know that? I did see that on my yeah. feed. Yeah, a lot yeah, of my friends. You, you're a nurse, right? I, I, I am trained as a nurse. Yeah, yes. absolutely. <laughs> well, so it, it's been a wild year. It's been a hard year for the medical system, especially now with all the testing stations that have been mm -hmm. going around a lot now, the vaccine rollout. I know a lot of nurses have had to either come out of retirement or mm -hmm. get bumped into different fields that they have no idea. And so it's been, for me, I thought this was actually an appreciation week that made a lot of sense to throw out some encouragement, some stories. And my wife, Leslie, has even had uh, just some really cool stories she's heard from friends or her own experiences even the last little while of nurses just really being that calming and loving hand in the medical world, especially in a time of crazy, not seeing people as well, not knowing what's going on medically. So. This morning, uh, let's just spend a bit of time either sharing some great fun stories you've had recently of an experience or encounter with a nurse. What's the last time a fun trick they did to get a shot into your arm that you didn't know and they said, I'll count to three and then they lied and did it on one, something <laughs> like that. Or just some encouragement for our medical staff out there working hard. So. It's so true. Um, nurses are exhausted and they often mm. are the ones like on the front lines, like caring for the actual people. I know my grandma recently passed away and during the mm. pandemic, um, she wasn't allowed to see her family for a good portion of a year and that was so hard on her and I know it really broke our heart as a family but when I was there visiting a couple weeks ago I saw the nurses caring for her mm. and they really loved her wow. and she loved them and so it just it would just made my heart so happy to know that she was being loved by those people. So wow. nurses are special people. Yeah, they become they really the do. friends or family at that time. Thanks yeah. for sharing that story. Especially right now. Yeah. yeah. So share some of those stories if you got that. And uh, otherwise, thanks for joining us this morning. Have a good morning.
trusting the all-creating one, God Almighty. And through your Holy Spirit, conceiving Christ the Son, Jesus our Savior, I believe
Hey Cedar Valley kids, it's great to see you again today. You know, if you happened to come by the church last week on Mother's Day, you would have got to taste that cake that we made, and I think you would have said it was pretty good. Now, if you ask me how we did that, made a, a cake from just a big mush of ingredients to tasting so good, well, if you ask me, I will tell you how we did it. Anyways, this is you. Right? You're pretty happy looking today. And maybe the reason is you're happy is because you've got a, you've got a good friend that you like to hang out with. So there's your friend. Or maybe um, you got a sweet bike for your birthday. There's your bike. Uh, how about if, oh, it's warm out, so you got an ice cream cone. You know, there's a lot of different things that can make us happy. Maybe you're playing outside on a nice sunny day, and um, you know what? These things, they just make us happy. But what happens if... Um, your ice cream falls and onto the ground and your dog comes and licks it up before you can scoop it off the ground. Uh, what happened, it happens if your really good friend moves away? Oh, that's no fun. Uh, what happens if your bike breaks or maybe if someone comes and steals it? Well, that's not so much fun. So if these things make us happy kind of on the outside that we get to do or stuff we get to have and then something happens that is sad or is bad and this flame today it's going to be something maybe sad or bad and what's going to happen to our smile and our happiness so let's take a look oh before we do this this is kind of like science so we better put on our safety glasses because we always want to be safe. So if something sad or bad happens, what happens to our happiness? I'm going to go down here. Wow. <laughs> here. Wow. <laughs> um, your happiness just disappeared. And that's too bad because it's no fun losing your happiness. But what happens if we have joy inside. Do you know what? Happiness and joy, are they kind of look like the same on the outside, but they're really, really different. See, joy, and here's you again. And this time, instead of being happy just because of the things that we have or the things that we get, there's something inside this balloon. And we're going to call it joy. See, there's your smiley face. Um, because we have Jesus inside our hearts. You know, in John chapter 16, he was telling his really good friends, because they were really sad, because Jesus was going to go away. And they didn't know where, and they didn't know why. And he says, you know, you're going to be sad now, but you're going to have joy in your lives when you understand what I'm going to do. And I'm going to send the Spirit to live in your lives when you believe in me. And that Spirit will bring you joy. 
And if things that make you happy, if something bad happens to those, so maybe that, um, you know, something happens to you and it makes you a little bit sad, but you don't have to lose all of your joy just because something bad happens, because Jesus is inside you. And it's not just about what's happening on the outside of you, but what's happening on the inside of you. So, doing more science, put on our glasses, and this is something bad that might happen to us, or sad. Um, maybe one of your really good friends, maybe they got mad at you, or maybe somebody's yelling at you, and, or maybe you're worried. And, well, let's see what happens here. Here's the bad thing here, and we're going to put it down there. <gasps> Nothing. It didn't pop like the other one. <laughs> we can still have joy, even though there's sadness. We can still have joy inside because Jesus is living us. You know what? We're going to try this again. We're going to put it right down onto the flame. Nothing. Still there. See, I didn't even need these glasses because this didn't go. Now, I know sometimes we can be sad or, or unhappy, lose our happiness, but when we believe in Jesus and Jesus lives in us through the Holy Spirit, joy is inside, and we can still be joyful in Jesus because He loves us so much. Because He lives for us. Because He's preparing a home for us that's even better than the one we live in now. And that's the difference between happiness and joy. So even sometimes when you don't feel happy, sometimes you might feel sad, you can still have joy because Jesus lives inside of us through the Spirit and He gives us joy. All right, thanks for listening so well and we're gonna see you next week. Hey, good morning, Cedar Valley. It is Sunday, May 16th, 2021, and we are in this teaching series, uh, The One and Only. And a spoiler alert here, I'm just gonna draw your attention to that image right behind me to my left, your right, is, oh yes, it's a, a symbolic representation of the Spirit of God who we're gonna be talking about today. So thank you, Michelle Elliott, for getting that going. Let's get to it though. If you would please turn it in your Bible too, and I'll put it on the screen over here to my right, your left. John chapter 16 verses seven through 15 is what we're gonna be looking at. I'll let you get there. And in the meantime, I'll tell you a little bit of a story here. I have a sister, her name is Kathy. She lives in Edmonton. And I know what you're thinking. It's all about choices and you are not wrong. We did actually not get along very well at all as we were children. We are though today fierce, friends in my 20s and in my 30s. Uh, I used to fly out from Ontario regularly to see her because she was, she was alone. My dad lived in Ontario. My mom lived in Ontario. I lived in Ontario. My brother lived in Orlando, Florida. I know, I know, again, it's all about choices. Speaking of which, since moving to the West, uh, 
Our families have seen each other every year for years and sometimes more than once a year. It's been awesome. Kathy is an extraordinary school teacher, as is her husband. She writes and produces plays for her school district, and he coaches team after team who they just go win city championships all the time. They're a beautiful, humble, power couple who, who love Jesus and draw their sustenance from their relationship with him. They have two extraordinary children who knew an athlete of the year this year with straight A's, of course he is, and an accomplished dancer, recently accepted an, an uber prestigious dance school in Edmonton, of course. We loved connecting as families. Loved since our kids have gone on to marriage and schooling. We loved exploring Edmonton with them and we loved tour guiding them through the Lower Mainland. We loved to eat together and sit and chat. We loved to watch movies and play games and laugh together. And then it would be time to go. We all dreaded it. We'd all line up for that year's family photo together just before we get into the car to make the trip back home. And I'd, I'd always cry. It was so good to be with them and, and then just so gut-wrenching to not be with them. I'd cry a little less and less the further we got away from seeing each other until I'd stop crying altogether. It's, it's a beautiful hurt, isn't it, when we have to say goodbye to people we love. So. We can begin to imagine how tough it must have been for Jesus' close friends to hear him say to them, now looking at John chapter 16, verses 5 and 6, leading into verses 7 through 15. I'm going to him who sent me, says Jesus, which is to say back home to God the Father. And so... You are filled with grief, but I tell you the truth, it is for your good that I am going away. It's what? For your good? How, how could that have been good that the, these friends had traveled with Jesus for more than three years, not just a, a holiday week. He had given his life to them and them, their lives to him. They believed he was the one who would save them from the latest oppressive regime and restore Israel to its bright and rightful prominence. They had watched him heal the sick and blind and troubled. They saw him raise their friend Lazarus like from the dead. They worked with him to miraculously feed five more than 5,000 people on a hillside. They ate together and sat together and listened to him. They loved him and they knew he loved them, and then it was time to go. Jesus went on to say, unless I go away, in verse 7, the counselor will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. Talk about a beautiful hurt. Jesus is saying, I'm going, but I'm sending someone else, and it will be good for you. This isn't the first time, actually, that Jesus mentions the counselor. He's already talked to them, his friends, about this in a 
previous private teaching time, which is recorded in John chapter 14, verses 15 through 26. There, in that text, Jesus refers to the counselor as the spirit of truth. Verse 17, with the word spirit, beginning with a capital letter, as in a proper name, as in a person, as in not an impersonal energy or force. All you Jedis out there. Jesus also refers to his counselor, or this counselor, not his counselor, as the Holy Spirit. Same caps, same idea. Jesus revealed who the Holy Spirit was at that point. Now he would reveal the work of the Holy Spirit in the text of today. And not, not just to cushion the blow of his leaving, but to leave his friends with someone to help all believers convict and convince the world and guide all believers. So here we go. Jesus said, it's for your good that I go. Or put differently, it is to your advantage that I go away. Here's the advantage. As a human being on the planet, Jesus was limited by time and space. He could only be where? One place at one time. The Holy Spirit, though, can be with all believers at all times. Jesus said so when he told his friends in John chapter 14, verse 16, I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor to be with you for the weekends only, maybe Saturdays. No, 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 forever the spirit of truth. With a word, God the Father spoke our world into existence. God the Son, Jesus, embodied that same creative and powerful nature and way for us. And now God the Spirit would come and be with us always and everywhere within us, in fact, says the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. He says, don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God, who is in you or dwells in you, indwelling. So that that image there, the temple, what's the temple? It's the place where God and man intersect. That is now located in you, not the synagogue, not the tabernacle. So God somehow takes up residence in me when I choose to believe in him and accept his forgiveness through Jesus for all that I've done wrong. So the one who made me and loves me, who heals me and seals me for life with him, also plants his spirit within me to help me along my way. Like that, that, that is good. Verses 8 through 11. When he comes, Jesus goes on to say, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment, and then breaks it out here. In regard to sin, because men do not believe in me. In regard to righteousness, because I am going to the Father where you can see me no longer. And in regard to judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. So, in short, to explain this, the Holy Spirit continually makes the case in the hearts of men and women that their main sin... Our main sin is the rejection of 
Jesus as God. Even though Jesus defeated death and lives with God the Father, even though Jesus defeated the devil at the same time, we are in peril until we turn to Jesus. The Bible says that we have all sinned and that this, this is a problem. It's a pretty serious problem actually between us and God and those around us. It damages our relationships in ways we cannot fully repair. And I think if we're being honest, we just, we just know this is true. Even when, for instance, I am forgiven by others or vice versa, as good as that is, those relationships are never fully repaired. They never go back to their best states. Jesus said in John chapter 3, verses 17 to 18, God did not send his son, who is Jesus, into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him, so that whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe in him stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. God is not looking to condemn you or the world as a whole and its people. He is looking to save it. He is looking to restore the world to its best state, that state before sin even entered into this world. But we don't. <laughs> so here's the deal. We don't know we're in peril until we know we are in peril. So part of the work of the Holy Spirit is to convince people of their need for Jesus. God the Father sent his son to accomplish our forgiveness once and for all, says the writer of the book of Hebrews. And then when that was done, when Jesus was crucified, when he died, when he was buried, but when he rose from the dead, the Father and Son sent the Holy Spirit to woo people into a relationship with all three of them. The Holy Spirit convinces people of their sin. That's his job. It's our job to pray for those around us that they would see it and turn to Jesus. It's our job to have thoughtful answers to their questions and thoughtful questions to their answers. And it's our job to love people well. Now, verses 12 through 15. I have much more to say to you, more than you can bear, but when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. All that belongs to the Father's mind. That is why I said the spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. So, to avoid the whole, I got so many things to tell you, but I don't have the time to tell you thing, Jesus explains that the Spirit will come and the Spirit will continue to teach people what more he would have said if he stayed or if he had more time, which is to say the Holy Spirit will come and help believers through what is yet to come. So, 
You won't be here, Lord, but you're sending a proxy? His friends might have wondered. Not quite. Maybe we can think of it this way. God the Father sent his son who lived in this world to do what? The Father's will. And by doing so, Jesus revealed the Father and glorified him. Now, the Son would send the Spirit of God to live in us to carry on the teaching of the Son. And by doing so, the Spirit reveals and glorifies him. It's kind of a holy Father to Son to Spirit tag team thing. So not a proxy, but a plan. God made us, Jesus saves us, the Spirit guides us. This is God's plan. The Spirit guides us into all truth. For example, he led the apostles to write the New Testament and for us to be guided in its reading by that same Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who takes what is revealed in the Bible and declares it to our hearts and our minds as we read it. So whenever we say something like, I learned this really cool thing in the Bible today, or I've never thought about that verse or that passage like that before, and I've read it so many times, or I so needed to hear or read that scripture today, that's the Holy Spirit popping it making the Bible come alive in us, helping us understand it and helping us interpret it. Here's another example, guiding us into all truth. The Spirit will guide us towards confession of our sin, naming it, agreeing with Him that it is sin, and then taking steps towards forgiveness. So we can dismiss the guidance of the Holy Spirit, of the Holy Spirit by excusing or justifying our behavior, or we can step into it and meaningfully apologize. Just recently, I cracked off an email to someone that hinted at a false accusation that was based on my own ignorance. I know, it's all about the choices. Have you ever had the feeling, just after you said goodbye to someone, or just after you hung up the phone with them, or just after you pressed send, or if you're on the phone, send, that even you don't like what you just said? That feeling is worth exploring, my friends. That sense might be the Spirit of God saying something to you like, yeah, that was a little bit off. That was off from the truth. That was off from what your true self would say, which sounds new agey, but it's a Richard Rohr concept, which is to say, when you are most in tune with Jesus, that's our truest selves. That was off from what they needed to hear. Sometimes the Spirit will say, hey there, fella, uh, you need to apologize for that because the Spirit leads us into all truths, especially when we aren't being truthful to ourselves or others. So I apologized to that person and because that person knew me and, and knew my heart and because that person is reasonable and mature, they accepted my apology. Whether they do or not, the onus is on us to make it. Here's one last example. The Spirit of God will give us wisdom when we ask for it. The Bible says in James chapter 1, or James chapter 1, verse 5, If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. So I was leading a meeting not so long ago. I had prayed for it, and I had prepared for it. At a point in the meeting, a silent 
voice said to me, which is often for me how I have a sense of the spirit moving in my life. Why don't you try getting them to visualize this on the whiteboard? I dismissed that voice rather quickly because I was busy like leading a meeting. I had a plan and I was working my plan. The meeting was going reasonably well actually, but I could tell that we were getting a little stuck and there was a lack of clarity. I have an idea, said that voice a second time. Why don't you try getting to visualize this on the whiteboard? Okay, I said, and then said so in the meeting, hey folks, I wasn't planning on doing this, but I have a sense that the spirit might be leading us to do this. Why don't we try visualizing this on the whiteboard? Hey, voila, clarity in all of these examples. The spirit of God guided me and others into truth as if Jesus was teaching it to the glory of God. The work of the Holy Spirit then is to help believers everywhere and all the time to convict and convince those who don't believe in Jesus of their need for him and to guide believers into all truth. Let's pray. Father, I'm so grateful that you have a plan, that you're working your plan, and that your plan is effective, even though we might look around and say, really? I'm grateful that you've made me and that you love me, Father. I'm grateful, Jesus, that you would come and absorb my sin at the cross, taking that on you so that I would be forgiven. And in being raised from the dead and in believing in you that I would too, when I pass from this life, live with you forever. And that you would send your spirit and however we understand that to live within me, to guide me into everything that's true. What a, what a plan. I don't know what would be lacking there. So thank you for your vision to see it. Father God, your obedience to do it, Jesus and your help here and now, Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Take care, Cedar Valley. We're going to head, head to some question and reflection time together, Grant and I, so stay tuned. Hey, all right. Thanks for joining us, everyone, so far this morning. Yeah. It's been a good morning. and. Hopefully sunny out to you. We're recording this on Friday. I think a lot of you know that. It's We're very sunny out right now. Ahead of the time, but uh, it doesn't change the fact that we want to engage in conversations in real time with, I know that there's a group that's meeting out on a deck. Hopefully there's some more happening back in the patios because outdoors getting a little bit warmer, a bit drier, a bit nicer. Um, I think a huge heart for us pastorally is that this isn't something that you're just doing totally solo. Even if it's phoning somebody up to dialogue with this, with a friend, to walk with somebody through the message, the worship, the prayer time, these questions we're going to give you to just do that with each other, with a friend or a neighbor. Even as a great way, I think your first question here, already spoiling it, is a great conversation to bring your faith into your workplace or friends' lives.
Yeah, and this is the power of community, right? If it's just another friend or friends to, to dialogue and to make sure you're thinking sort of things that make sense, right? Mm. What do you think? How would you describe the indwelling? Indwelling. There's that. Yeah, give me, give me indwelling. <laughs> well, I, okay. So I, something that dwells in you. Sure. So it lives in you in whatever sense we <laughs> picture that. Uh, how would you describe that to a skeptic? So maybe it's sort of like, hey, you, you say to your friend, you know, I just had this sense that I, I needed to do that, and it, it would be, we we would say, I felt the spirit moving me towards that, and they say to you, what are you talking about, man? Yeah. How might you describe that? That's a good question. Uh, I know. Like, are we going simple metaphors? I don't know. Star Wars is still going, right? The Force, <laughs> Metachlorians. No, I think we've abandoned that. Let's hope. But I do like what you're saying. I, I actually think right now in our modern culture, more and more stuff going on and people having those thoughts of like, I got this sense or this gut or there's all this criticism to thoughts and feelings. I'm sending you vibes, right? And a lot of people are starting to get this sense of the new age, like that does nothing. Right? Like, what's a thought going to do for me when I'm out uh, in the dumps, when I'm right. needing your actual prayers, when I need an actual something spiritual? And more and more people are starting to get a sense like, oh, I think the spiritual reality of whatever we're in might have some weight to it. And I think then maybe our job as Christians is kind of getting a sense of like, yeah, you know what? We're told the Bible does give us a sense of spiritual world is mm -hmm. present in our world. And the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. is an aspect of that that lives in us. Yeah. And you talked about Star Wars. I'm going to go to Toy Story 4. Sure. Uh, you may remember. It's a great movie, by the way. Um, it's Buzz that says, gets, I guess, some kind of instruction from Woody, like, just listen to your inner voice, or someone says that to him. Yeah, and he presses his buttons, and that's his inner voice, <laughs> right? And, and, and it, it turns out to be pretty good advice sequentially, and he keeps sure. pressing buttons until he gets <laughs> the piece of advice he thinks is right, which is like, Okay, there's a metaphor, but I think, okay, so I think the question there is what inner voice is worth listening to that's going to speak truth and good things into your life that's reliably true, like mm. all the time true. Right. That's not going to lead you astray kind of true. Like saying, uh, well, I'll speak my truth. No, no, there is... Right. There's what a voice true? that says, so there should be a voice within it that goes, oh, that's not a good idea. Right? Yeah. And that, that's how I would describe the Holy Spirit for me. Yeah, no, and, and that would be uh, author C.S. Lewis has, I think, that exact saying of, like, we seem to be built with all the philosophy and naturalistic understanding of the world. You can dive into all that, and yet there still seems something in you as a longing for something true or better or more. He'd even go to describe, C.S. Lewis didn't even talk about the Holy Spirit that much, but we seem to be designed for a need for something better, for more, and the Holy Spirit seems like we're upgradable, right? <laughs> oh yeah, the writer of Ecclesiastes says that we have a, a homing beacon for mm -hmm. heaven, actually. Yeah. Let's go on to the next sure. one though. It's a little more down to earth, no pun intended, after <laughs> Toy Story 4. How have you recently responded to the guidance of the Holy Spirit? Mm -hmm. if, you're, if you're able to understand it for yourself or maybe explain it to your skeptic friends, right. how have you responded? What does that look like for you? Yeah. Well, and you know, if I'll just humbly even say, it's, it's, I feel like it's been, especially this past year, staring at screens, it's been a while since I've had clarity in that. But I do know what's been a theme constantly in my life is, is seeing the Holy Spirit at work in other people. But for me, the response is actually a lot of times, it's so easy these days, everything is divisive and loud and 
I feel myself, but I'm, I'm fairly assertive. I can be opinionated. So my job is to change their opinion, change their mind, change right. their heart. Right. And that's rarely gone well for me. And I, so the Holy Spirit has been telling me to shut up a yeah. lot lately. Ooh, that, that's hard to hear, isn't it? <laughs> it is. And then I'll sit back and think, oh, really? Why? And he's like, well, I can talk through a donkey in the Old Testament and you yep. know, I can change a king's opinion. So why yep. not? let me try to work in some people's hearts and also it's happening there and there. And I'm seeing people respond to their own indwelling of the Holy Spirit in their lives. And like, wow, yeah, you do a better job than me. So. Yeah. Well, and sometimes he's telling you to speak up. He's not always saying, sure. shut up. Yeah, either, yeah, right? no, that's, that's for me right now. And that's that. the tension. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's, so that's fair. Yeah. But the speak up has happened and I'm, I expect that to be happening in people's lives too. Yeah. yeah. And that's, I think it's, I don't know, which is harder <laughs> to, <laughs> right. to hold it or to speak it because they, one requires courage to speak, and the other requires humility, I guess. Well, both of them are easy if you're, it's easier to ignore the spirit out of those cases. If yeah. you're opinion, you want to yell at somebody, it's easy to just yell yeah. instead of watch somebody work on it themselves. Yeah. If you need to speak up to something and an injustice happening, it's easy to stay safe and not. So, yep, that's usually true. The harder, the harder choice is usually the guidance of the spirit. <laughs> yep, which, in whichever direction. Yeah. I, uh, I mentioned a few examples of my own. Mm -hmm in the teaching, and I probably tend towards responding to a voice that is, that's not a great idea. Because <laughs> I, I think I have some pretty good ideas, and I'm pretty convinced of my own ideas until I'm persuaded otherwise, and, and I, think I, I think I can be convinced, and I think that's been a really helpful voice for me, to, for the Spirit to say, uh, that's not a good idea, or here's a good idea, try this. But one thing I'm learning with the Spirit is to, uh, is to celebrate when uh, I have made choices with Him, hmm. which is a different way of uh, responding to Him, right? It's sort of like sure. acknowledging and telling that story. Hmm. And it's like, oh yeah, that's how, that's how the Spirit, oh yeah, that's cool. Hey, this is how it works and that gives credit where it's due. And instead of, mm, you're brilliant, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's like, oh yeah. In that moment, I, I thought, I'm pretty smart, but... There are other people who are smarter than me and there's a spirit who's always smarter than me and hmm. that's been helpful too. Yeah, and, yeah, and giving the credit there. Yeah. That's huge. That's, that's the response to the skeptic. I, I think a lot of times actually in your previous question is actually just calling that out because so many times we'll pat ourselves on the back like I made the right call there. My gut <laughs> intuition is like, oh, there's a spirit in your life, right? Yeah. It's not luck, it's the spirit's guidance. Yeah, that's a great point actually. Yeah. Not lucky. It's not lucky. If you, if you say to yourself, I'm praying about this, and you believe there's this agent that works within you towards better and better choices, good things, it's not lucky. It's, it's, yeah. it's faith. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's a lot to wrestle with. That's a lot, that's to, a lot to wrestle with. Take that Cedar Valley into your homes, into your conversations <laughs> with your family, friends, and we'll see you next week.